listening to the Long Hollow Young Adults Podcast. We are the Young Adults Ministry at Long Hollow Church, located in Hendersonville, Tennessee. If you are interested in learning more about us or looking to attend one of our gatherings, you can follow us on Instagram at LHYoungAdults or visit longhollow.com for more information. And now, a message from our Young Adults Pastor, Dylan Young. Amen. Tonight we're going to continue walking through the book of James. And again, we intentionally use that word walk because we're going real slow through it. I hope that's okay with you because I love it. Uh, but hey, tonight as we, as we jump into the next few verses of James, we're going to be talking about the idea of wisdom. And first, I want to just point you back to a sermon series we did last year around this time, walking through the book of Ecclesiastes. And we talked about wisdom there too. And I just want to encourage you, if you want to go a little deeper on this, Go back through the, in the podcast and go back to last year when we had a uh, message called Wisdom is Meaningless, and we'll see if it is worthwhile. Um, and second, I also just want to say I am under no delusion as we talk about wisdom tonight that I'm like the wisest person in the room in any room I walk into. There's a certain irony that comes with being the expert up in front of you to talk about wisdom when really humility is the requirement for wisdom in the first place. So, um, I, cause I remember y'all, I've lived with myself for 34 years and I've been an eyewitness to every dumb thing I've ever done. So I'm well aware that I have not been the wisest person at all times. And I remember how wise I was when I was your age, right? When I was 24, Rachel and I had not been married very long at all. We're watching every penny we make, right? Because money was tight. Like we, we had just enough and that was always enough. Praise God for it, but we're watching every dollar we spend. And so I figured I'm probably gonna need to stop taking pre-workout supplements. Like that feels like an excess. Um, but I figured, look, they're just caffeine anyways, right? So I can find something else to work that, that's just caffeine. Now, the problem was I really, really don't like coffee. And I know that hurts some of your feelings, but I mean, look, it's just, everybody, coffee evangelists, if y'all would be as passionate about telling people about Jesus as you are, trying to get me to try a cup of coffee. I'm just saying, uh, but I don't like it. But my solution to the caffeine problem, I didn't know another way to do it. So I'm thinking, okay, I can handle just eating some coffee beans. Like they're cheap, I can just buy a bag of them. Nehemiah is already like, bro. Uh, the coffee beans, I'm like, okay, I can handle this. Just eat some coffee beans. I'll figure out the timing of it before I go to the gym. No big deal. I get my bag of coffee beans and Golly, I don't, I don't know what I was thinking the first time I did this. Remember, do not like coffee, even a little bit. The first time I did it, I took a handful of these coffee beans, threw them into my mouth and started chewing them up. And y'all, that's like the most coffee taste you can come up with at all. And praise God, Rachel was not in the room because I, I mean, it was a gag reflex, like big time. Um, it was embarrassing. Didn't chew them up anymore. That only took one time. And I got a lot wiser. Um, what I ended up doing was I would just swallow the, cafe, the coffee beans. So I got to where I could figure out how many I needed to take. I got the timing figured out before I head to the gym. And I'm just swallowing coffee beans before I go. Now, look, I, I want you to realize I'm not the expert on all things in life. And if you're still willing to go any further with me tonight, um, maybe, maybe y'all should be the ones up here talking about wisdom. But not the wisest thing I've ever done. But James is gonna give us the secret to wisdom tonight. And we need to know what that is. We need to know how to get wisdom and where it comes from. So if you will, read with me, James chapter one, starting in verse five. James says this, 
Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the doubter is like the surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. Would you pray with me as we begin? Lord, we thank you that when we read texts like this tonight, we see that wisdom from you is something that you are so willing to offer us. God, I pray that if anybody in the room tonight feels like they need a word from you, that you would give it. That tonight they would walk out feeling like they have the wisdom, the answer to the question that they've come in with. That they would walk out feeling like they have clarity from you tonight. And God, as we study your word, would you help me not to speak with words of wisdom or compelling speech, but only in the power of the Holy Spirit. And would you help us all to listen to your word well. Jesus, we love you. We pray it all in your name. Amen. So if you've been here for the first couple of weeks, you know we're walking out of this discussion on trials and difficulty and the, the fact that they're guaranteed in life, but we can find joy in them. So I don't want you to totally check out of those because this is obviously attached to, to those discussions because it's right coming right after it. Um, there's, a, there's a certain type of wisdom, right, that only comes about through experience, through difficulty, through suffering. And that, that's a good thing for us, the, that wisdom that comes out of those situations because suffering is a great teacher. Whether we like it or not, suffering is a great teacher. Now, the believers that he's writing to specifically, they're trying to figure out, man, what does this life look like living in a culture that is predominantly not for them? And maybe that is starting to sound a little bit familiar to you in, in our context, because I think we would all probably agree America, our country is going in a direction where we're no longer seen as the majority. We're no longer favored, um, however you want to look at it. But call me crazy, but I think maybe that's a good thing for us. Like at some point it's going to force us to our knees and asking God, God, I don't know how to live in this cultural context. I don't know how to do this. So would you help us? And that's a good place to be. Because as we read tonight in James, God is eager to do just that, to help us and give us wisdom for how to live this life. So here's the line that I want you to take throughout the night. It's just this, God is ready to give you wisdom if you're ready to receive it. He's ready to do that for you if you are ready to receive it. So the first part of this passage tonight is just the first part of that thought. God is ready to give you wisdom. Look back at verse five with me. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. It's a pretty simple formula here. Who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly and it will be given to him. So what exactly is wisdom? We're gonna define some terms again tonight. The, the Greek word that wisdom comes from is sophia. It's, this idea, it's where we get the word sophistication from. It's this idea of living out your, your, your calling, living out um, your wisdom that you have. It's not just knowledge, it's you're actually living in righteousness, right? It's clarity and insight into a situation. That's, that's the idea that we get with here with, that we get to here with wisdom, where we're actually putting what we know into practice. Now, at the risk of losing all of you. I realized last week was Valentine's Day, but I just can't get it off my mind that there is a real opportunity for a, like a terrible pickup line in here for the guys. If you're ever into a girl named Sophia, I'm just saying like, 
I mean, I've been asking God for wisdom. He led me to you. I'm just saying. Um, it's terrible, I know, but it might be perfect also. Um, give it a shot. I have no idea if there are any Sophias in the room, but I might've just totally wrecked the rest of your night. Um, now, look back at this sentence. He starts off saying, any, if anybody lacks wisdom, God is not holding out on you. Like you, if you're a follower of God, you have the same access to wisdom that everybody else does. We're not on any kind of scale where some people get more wisdom than others. It's there if you want it for anybody who's a follower of God, any of his disciples. He wants to give you this wisdom. The word that's right before that, if. I feel like James has to have almost a little bit of sarcasm here. If anybody needs some wisdom, like I hope we would all read that sentence and be like, what do you mean if, James? Like, yeah, I could use a little more wisdom, right? Hopefully that's the attitude we would have reading a sentence like that. But I do think we need to stop there for a second and just check ourselves and see, am I a teachable person? Uh, like I've been praying going into this night that if you're sitting here and you do not have a teachable spirit, that you are not humble enough to learn from others, to learn from God, that God would show you that right now. Please listen to the Lord if he's trying to poke you a little bit right now and say, yeah, that's you. That's not teachable. Guys, that's, that's a, that is the prerequisite to ever receiving wisdom from the Lord. Man, if you're not teachable, like that's gonna eliminate you from so many things in life. And we, we've got to be humble enough to acknowledge that we don't know it all. Think about any reality show you ever watch where people get voted off, right? You're watching their solo commentary to just them and the camera and the, the person that thinks they've got it figured out is always the person that gets voted off next. Like we're laughing at them talking because we realize you have no clue, you're about to be out of here. They think they've got it figured out. Man, none of us have life figured out. We've all got room to grow and learn. You're never gonna get there to the place where you're above everybody else in your wisdom, right? Please, please, please have a teachable spirit. What does it look like to have that teachable spirit and then the humility that comes along with that? I wanna think about a couple of just real practical ways and then a couple of specifically Christian Jesus following ways to show that humility, to show that teachability. The first one is just this seek out older people. Seek out some older people in your life. Like we've lost a little bit of that in our culture, I think. We don't, we don't honor our elders like past generations did. And listen to me, your generation, y'all are brilliant. You have so many good ideas and you are changing the world for good all the time. But hear me, you can do that and gain wisdom from the generations of people that have gone before you. Like, like don't ever look at people that are, that are past you, that are, that are beyond you in age and think they don't have anything to offer to you because they do. They do. So be that person at work, man. If you've got somebody that's been at your same company for 30 years, take that person to lunch. Figure out what they've done to find longevity in their work. What's made them successful? Like take that person to lunch, ask them questions, grill them. Like be the closest person to them at work all the time because you know you've got stuff to gain from them. Or here at church, man, start serving on Sunday morning because that puts you around people who've been following Jesus a lot longer than you have. That is so, so valuable to you. I'd love for you to be greeting at a door. It would also be really great for you to be across from that other person that's greeting and learning from them for the 30 minutes that you're standing there together. Or join one of our life groups and, and get into one of those groups that's being led by a couple that's older than you, who's lived more life, who's been following Jesus longer than you have. Man, seek out some older people, somebody that's older than you. 
there's something you can gain from them. Have the humility to do that. The second one is this. This applies to everybody. It don't matter if you're following Jesus or not. Man, stop talking and listen. Stop talking and listen. I want you to start to notice in your conversations, how much time do you spend talking about yourself? How much time do you spend asking about this other person and trying to get to know them and taking an interest in their life? Because I don't know about you, but that feels good when somebody takes an interest in you, right? So, man, if there was ever a group of people that ought to be doing that for others, it's those of us who know Jesus and want to love other people well. Go, go take an interest in other people. Become a great question asker and listener in your conversations and let that trickle into your relationship with God too. You don't have to be the one talking all the time when you're praying to the Lord. You can sit and listen as well. And y'all really, it's just smart math. If you think about it, if, you, you, if you'll be a good listener, you're gonna be twice as smart because now you know what you know and you know what they know. That's just good math. Be a great listener. Be humble enough to listen and not talk about yourself so much. Now, like I said, those apply to anybody. Doesn't matter where you are religiously. Let's give us a few that are real specific to us as followers of Jesus. How, how do we go about getting wisdom from God? And the first one, you would probably guess this, is you gotta fear God. Maybe you're familiar with a verse like Proverbs 9.10. It just says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now, if you wanna be wise, it's gotta start with this recognition that God is God and that means something. He has power and he's in control and he has better perspective on your life than you do. If you'll start in that place in acknowledging that God is God, you're gonna open yourself up to receiving wisdom from him. So when you're in need of wisdom, the first place you go is to God himself and his word. The passage says here, he should ask God, it'll be given to him. Like I said, it's not that complicated, just ask. So we're asking God to give us wisdom and we're gonna go to his word we're in prayer and we're in the word. Um, God, I need wisdom. Would you help me think through this situation? Again, not complicated. Every situation you walk into, let that be the starting place. God, I don't know how this is gonna work out. I don't know what I need to do here. I need you to show me. Start in that posture. Uh, maybe you feel like you need wisdom in the moment, in a conversation. God's ready for that too. Listen, he's ready to give you the wisdom whenever you're ready for it. Makes me think of verses like Mark 13, 11. Jesus is talking to his disciples about when they get into tough spots. He says, so when they arrest you and hand you over, don't worry beforehand what you'll say, but say whatever is given to you at that time, for it isn't you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Now that requires a certain level of intimacy with God, right? It requires a certain level of, of you walking in step with the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's gonna come from you spending time in prayer, like we've said, and you're gonna have to be in the word to see how Jesus and his followers lived, right? Those, when, you're, when you're in the Bible, you're gonna realize, hey, the WWJD bracelets that we all used to wear, or maybe, y'all may be too young to ever have worn those. I don't know. Um, is anybody wearing one right now? We got two, okay, great. Should have known the lens would have them on. Uh, they were onto something though, right? Like real simply, what would Jesus do in this situation? Man, when you find yourself in a spot where you need some wisdom, let's go to the word and ask God to show you places where Jesus was in a similar situation. What did Jesus do there? Let's do that. 
It's not that complicated. Like see if there is somewhere where Jesus was in the same spot. See how he handled it. Because here's the deal in 1 Corinthians 1, it says that Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. We can always look to Jesus to find out what God's wisdom would be in a given situation. You can always look to him. So talk to him, search the Bible to see how he handled every situation. You're gonna gain wisdom and insight just from knowing Jesus's life. So whenever you need it, listen, you can trust God that he is ready to give you wisdom. What's the caveat? If you're ready to receive it. God's ready to give you wisdom. And James moves on to show us, he's ready to give it if you are ready to receive it. Look back with me at verse six. But let this person ask in faith without doubting, for the doubter is tossed around like the surging sea. The doubter is like the surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. So we're told to ask in faith. And what does that look like? I think asking in faith looks like asking with your yes already on the table. Like you're asking God for wisdom with your obedience already a guarantee. You're saying, God, I need wisdom and whatever you say, I'm gonna do it. That's what it looks like to ask in faith. So when we're asking with doubting, man, that's us asking and then I'm gonna decide afterwards if I'm gonna obey or not. So God, let me know what you think and then we'll figure it out later. No, no, as followers of Jesus, we, we ask the question with our obedience already a guarantee. That's how we approach God. So get the picture that James gives us if we're asking the other way. If we're asking God for wisdom with doubt, what does it say you're like? A, a, a surging sea is chaotic. Like that is not a pleasant scene. It's not a pleasant place to be on if you're on a cruise ship or if you're at the beach. Like you don't want a surging sea situation. That's not a place you wanna be. It's not safe. It's unpredictable. It can be really dangerous. I don't think that's how you want God to think of you, right? When you're coming to him for wisdom. Contrast that with a verse like Hebrews 6, 19. I've given that one to you over and over again and I'm gonna keep doing it. We have this hope, the hope of Jesus, as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Man, even when the wind is tossing the sea around like this says, you're firm and secure when you're fixed on obeying God. Which picture do you wanna be? I think I know which one I want to be. I wanna be the one that's asking in faith, that's firm and secure, that's got the obedience guaranteed as I ask. Now, Easier said than done sometimes, right? I get it. I'm not trying to say I've got this thing all the way figured out, but that's what we ought to look like because James uses strong language to describe this person. He goes on to say, that person shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord. That feels kind of harsh. Like is Jesus, is God being overly sensitive here? It feels like, man, God, you're not gonna give us anything just because I'm asking the wrong way. Well, think about it. You, you've probably had somebody ask your opinion on something and then totally disregard it and do the other thing. How does that make you feel? That's not a great feeling. You, you wish you hadn't said anything in the first place because apparently your words didn't mean much. You feel unvalued. You feel frustrated in that moment. God's not gonna put himself in that situation. Like if you're already questioning whether or not you're gonna obey on the front end, man, he, he's just gonna hold off on giving you the wisdom in the first place. 
And listen, we, we've, we've talked about doubt a lot in this ministry over the last several months. And I, and I wanna make sure I note that this is a different kind of doubt than we've talked about in the past. It is so okay for you to ask questions of God and search for meaning in the midst of your struggle. And when you've got questions and doubts and things like that, that's okay. This is a different kind of doubt we're talking about. When you're specifically asking God for guidance, you can't ask in a doubting manner. Honestly, it really doesn't make sense to ask God, God, like we're talking to God. We're asking him for wisdom and then we're gonna consider whether or not we want to obey on the back end. That don't even make a whole lot of sense. Here's the problem with it. That phrase double-minded that he gets to, it just literally means of two souls or of two selves. So when you're asking with doubts about whether or not you're gonna obey, you've got two different people warring within you. Get that picture. You don't, you don't wanna have this, this war going on inside you about whether or not you're gonna obey the Lord, right? It's very similar to what Jesus said in Matthew 6 when he's talking about money. He says, no one can serve two masters since either he's gonna hate the one and love the other or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I think we can go back and insert wisdom in this. You, you cannot serve both God's wisdom and anyone else's wisdom. Uh, I feel like God's essentially saying, hey, either you trust me or you don't. And if you don't, I'm gonna let you keep leading your life the way you want to, and I'll be here when you're ready. God's ready to give you the wisdom if you'll be ready to receive it and act on it. And there are, there are plenty of ways to be double-minded, plenty of ways to do that. One that I have not been able to get off my mind that I, that I wanna address specifically, um, I've kind of wanted to gloss over it, honestly, but I don't feel like I can do that. I wanna say this to you, I have no idea if this affects anybody in the room or not, but please hear me. You cannot serve both God and your zodiac sign. You can't do that. You're trying to go with two different wisdoms right there. And y'all, I looked mine up this morning, so you couldn't say I've never done it before. Here's what it gave me. And I'm not trying to make light of this at all. What it told me was that my new quote pal that I've met is somebody I should consider a long-term dating relationship with. I'm gonna stick with Rachel. <laughs> I'm good with that. We almost got 11 years in. I don't see any reason to change at this point. Here's the problem. Your zodiac sign doesn't know you. It is not a person that you have a relationship with. It's not a personal relationship with you at all. It doesn't know anything about your life, so it can't give you anything specific. It can't give you any specific guidance on your life. Whatever it told you today, it also told everybody else that was born within a month of you. That can't be where we're looking for wisdom. And again, I am not trying to make light of this at all. That, that is not wisdom. What that is, you can find that in a fortune cookie. Like that, that's, that's what you're doing when you're going to that to figure out how to guide your life. Um, and if I could be so bold as to insert this into the text, and God forgive me if I'm wrong, but if you are quicker to look at your horoscope each day than to go to God's word, then friend, you should expect to receive nothing from God because you are double-minded. You're going to the wrong places for wisdom and God's not gonna compete with that. He's not gonna do it. I and mean, maybe you would say, hey, it's just for fun. It's really no big deal. And I get that. So it should be no big deal for you to give it up. If it's just for fun and no big deal, then man, let it go. 
Don't, please don't be so dedicated to something like anything in the, in the, the new age realm. Don't be so dedicated to it that you would stick with it at the risk of blocking God's wisdom in your life. Please don't do that. That's not a risk worth taking. I usually do this when I'm preparing a sermon and uh, I did it with this one too. Just go to Amazon and I'll search for uh, whatever the topic is in the books category. Search for wisdom, there are 60,000 options. That's a lot, right? So we need to know how do we sift through all the different wisdom that we can gain out there? How do we get to what we actually need? Um, man, because there's so many stuff. A couple of titles you can go with. You can get pearls of wisdom. You can get a, can a calendar of wisdom. You can get modern wisdom or ancient wisdom. You can get the art of worldly wisdom. You can get the wisdom of plagues. You can get bad A wisdom if you want it, if that's what you're looking for. Um, you can even get a book called The Wisdom of Mori written by... You guessed it, Maury. I guess you can write your own book on wisdom if you want to. Um, so, so where do we stop? If we've got all these options out there, and please hear me, I'm not against you reading books. That's a great thing. But you gotta be careful what, you, what you're reading, right? And where does it stop? How do we find wisdom that we can actually stick with and know that it's good for us, right? I wanna take you back to verse five and look at that word generously. Now, I am not like the word study guru, but this one I've gotten real caught up on. That word generously, we think of it as giving something in abundance, and that's accurate. I want you to hear the word picture here. What that word means is without folds. It's without folds. I want you to please keep thinking about this as you go throughout your week, and I want to see what you get from it. God wants to give you wisdom that is unfolded. And here's where my mind has kept going with this with books or with YouTube or with podcasts or TikToks, wherever you go to try to learn, there's always another one, right? There's always another fold to unfold, if you will. There's always more. You can find somebody to say anything you want to hear, right? You've probably seen the reel of the guy who's getting his breakfast ready. He's trying to be healthy. He's making some eggs. Then he sees a video of an expert saying, ah, eggs aren't good for you. So he drops the eggs, gets out some oats. He's going to make some oatmeal with some whatever in it. Um, nope, finds a video from another expert saying oats are not okay. So he gets out some fruit. Nope, another video saying fruit's not okay for you. And eventually he's just frustrated and gives up, right? Well, that can be how it feels sometimes. Like it's exhausting just scrolling and scrolling and unfolding more and unfolding more and unfolding more. Not so with God. Get this picture. When God hands you wisdom, it's unfolded. Everything you need is right there. There is nowhere else to turn. There is nothing else to discover. When God gives you a word, it's done. You can act on it. You don't have to unfold anything else. You don't have to look any farther. You can trust that God is not going to steer you wrong and he is eager for you to ask. You can stop with Jesus. Man, I hope that feels a little bit refreshing tonight. You don't have to go searching all over the place. You don't have to keep going through post after post or page after page. You can stop when you get God's wisdom. So listen, like I said, I'm not against you listening to podcasts, reading books, any of that, but don't ever let them replace your time in the word. Like everything else is a supplement to your time in the Bible. Like don't, don't dwell on the latest Christian bestseller and skim this. That's, that's backwards. Read the Christian bestseller and, and line it up with scripture. 
Um, this, this is the priority always. That will never, ever change. Um, and I would guess most of you probably agree with that. Most of you would probably say, yeah, God's wisdom is what I want. I know that's what I need. So why do we find ourselves double-minded a lot of the time? And I, the, the guys that helped me prepare my sermons, one of them said it, and I think this was really, really good. He said, sometimes we're scared to ask God or we ask with doubting because we kind of already know what we want to do and we're afraid God's going to have a different opinion. I know I've been there. Think about how the scenario plays out. You know if you ask God for wisdom, man, he might lead you to the job that forces you to move out of town. God, I'm good. I'm good here. Like everything I know is here already. Or, you know, you know, if you might ask God, he might lead you to go into ministry, but I've already got a great career path. Like I'm set up, Lord. Why? He might lead you to actually start up a spiritual conversation at work or at school, but Lord, I've, like my friendship with that person is good already. Like I don't want to mess anything up with an awkward conversation. Here's, here's where maybe you find yourself. I know I found myself at times in the past. I know if I ask God for wisdom here, he's probably going to call me to end the relationship. But like, gosh, she's cute. Like, I like hanging out with this girl, right? No, that's, we, we can't do that. We've got to be okay with whatever God says. And I think this is why fear of the Lord has to be the starting point of wisdom, right? It has to be. Because, man, if you start with a fear of the Lord, if you start with an acknowledgement that God knows better than I do, that he's got better perspective on my life, that he can see the bigger picture, okay, I can trust him. I can trust that. You can trust that, man, he might not lead you to the thing that you want to do, but he will always lead you to what is most fulfilling. That's a good thing. It might not be the thing that you think you want to do, but it's always going to be the most fulfilling option. You can bank on that. Y'all, as we, as we close this passage, a lot of times when I get to a text like this that kind of has the positive stuff, the good news on the front end, the bad news on the back end, I'm a lot of times tempted to just flip-flop it in my message and end on the, on the positive note. And I've started to think that maybe that's me not being faithful to the text. So I want us to end by heeding this warning that James gives us and actually examining ourselves and seeing if, man, am I double-minded in something right now? Um, am I not hearing from God because of something I'm doing? So I, I want you to know, like Rachel and I have been in the spot so many times where you've got some big life decision to make and you're asking God for some wisdom, right? We've been there not that long ago. And with a certain situation, we, we, had, we had a decision to make that was literally a yes or no situation. And we're like, God, I just need you if you could like a billboard or a clout, whatever, let us know real clearly what we need to do here. And it went on for a little while. And eventually I'm walking into a conversation where it's a, it's a big conversation in this process. And I'm thinking, Lord, I, I do not want to guess at this. Like if this is something we need to do or not do, I really, really, really need you to make this clear what direction we need to go. And sure enough, in that conversation, I feel like I hadn't heard anything so far up to that point. I hadn't heard anything. We, we've been studying the word diligently. We've been praying together, nothing. But in that conversation, sure enough, clarity. It was very, very clear what we needed to do. That was such a good feeling to get, to get direction from God and to know, man, I just, I just heard from the Lord. That's a, that's a good place to be. And y'all, it took, 
nine days of waiting, which was about eight and a half days longer than I wanted to go through. But man, it was so good to get to the other side of that and realize, man, God was faithful to us the whole time. God didn't just leave us to pick a door and hope it was the right one. He's not gonna do that to you. He doesn't want, that's that's not the way God operates. He doesn't wanna just leave you guessing on this life. He wants us to ask, he wants to give us the wisdom. So what's going on when we don't feel like we're getting it? I wanna give you a few scenarios here and I want you to ask God, please ask him right now. If you feel like you're in the spot where you're asking for wisdom and not getting it, God, am I in one of these three categories? The first one is this, maybe you just need to open your eyes. Maybe God's got the answer right in front of you and he's like, hey, I need you to stop asking and just act on whatever it is you're asking me about. Like I've given you the answer, you're ready, go. Maybe that's the spot you're in. Maybe this is you, maybe you just need to be patient. Like the, the situation I described with Rachel and I earlier, it wasn't that God didn't hear us. It wasn't that he was holding out on us. It just wasn't time for the answer yet. And, and I think some of you, maybe tonight, just need to be patient a little bit longer. If you can trust God with the wisdom and you can trust him with the timing of it too, trust him with that. And, and take comfort in this too. When you're wrestling with the Lord and trying to get wisdom from him, know just in that process, you're growing. You're gaining wisdom just by going to the Lord over and over and over again to ask him for that wisdom. The, the process, more even just like the end result of getting the wisdom, the process is good for you. Trust that while you're in it. And lastly, maybe you need to repent. Maybe there is sin in your life that you haven't dealt with. I mean, it's, it's messing with your communication with the Lord. Maybe you need to repent of your double-mindedness. Like you're asking God for wisdom, but really it's out of obligation more than it is a sincere desire to get God's wisdom. Maybe you're asking, but other voices, if you're honest, probably have a more prominent place in your life than God's does. Maybe you're asking, but really, you already know what you're gonna do. I just wanna remind you, God doesn't want to hold out on you but he's only gonna give you the wisdom if you're ready for it. And please believe like, if you can trust Jesus to die for you enough to give you life, then you can also trust Jesus to guide your life. Like he's not going to die for you, give up his life for you, and then hold out on you on wisdom. God is so ready to give you wisdom if you will be ready to receive it. So as we close tonight, I wanna pray for you. You can go ahead and close your eyes. And and I would ask you just if you feel like you're in the spot where you're stuck right now, you really needing some wisdom from the Lord to know what direction to go, to know which job to take or whatever the situation may be. If that's you and you really, really need the Lord to speak, would you just raise your hand so that I can see it and, and pray over you? And please know you're not alone if you've got your hand up right now. Um, God, you see all these hands and you know every situation. And Lord, I pray that right now as they, as they humble themselves, if they will ready themselves to receive your wisdom, if they will put their obedience on the table while they're asking and be ready to obey no matter what you tell them to do, God, would you give them wisdom? Would you give them the insight that they need? 
God, you tell us you'll do it. You tell us you'll do it. If we will be singularly focused on you, you tell us that you're ready to give us that wisdom. And I'm asking that you would be faithful to that right now, that you would bring them clarity in the days ahead, that they would be sure what you want them to do, that they wouldn't be guessing at it, but that they would know they're following you, that they would take great comfort in the process of seeking that wisdom. Lord, thank you that you don't hold out on us in any way. Lord, if you're willing to give up your life for us, then there's nothing else you're gonna hold out against us. No, we're really, really grateful for it. Thank you for the salvation that we find in you and your death and burial and resurrection and everything that comes along with that, a good life that comes with following you, Lord. We're thankful for it. We pray all these things in your holy name, Lord. Amen.